Uh, so Orla, thanks very much for coming on. Um, I suppose like everyone now, you're back probably playing football. What's it like to, to be back after maybe two or three months off? Yeah, I know. I mean, it's great, to be honest. Um, it's it's not nice when you're starved of, of football over the last few weeks, but um, it is nice to be back into routine now and just even to see the girls again and kind of get that competitive streak back in. Um, it's You can only do, do so much training on your own, really. So it is great to be back. Um, just like, I mean, it'll take a while to get back into the swing of it. But um, like, to be honest, I didn't even think we were going to have yeah. football in 2020. So if anything, it's it's a massive bonus and um, it's great to be back on the pitch. Yeah, as you said there, I, I need to I think we would have a championship. Did you find it even hard to stay most of it, maybe the sort of mid-April to, to, to keep doing a bit and in the hope that we would have a bit of a, a championship this year? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean, there's only so much training you can do on your own, and you know, you're kind of almost like your own coach to a certain extent. That no one's really looking over you, um, that you're kind of just responsible for your own training. And you know, will I do that extra run? Will I, you know, will I do that extra gym session? So it's really kind of tests your willpower and your motivation. But um, you know, there's no harm in one sense. Like I did actually enjoy winding down a small bit. And kind of just having time to th think to myself and just reflect on football. And it actually kind of gave me that eagerness and that fight back. Um, so, yeah, if anything, it was hard, but I suppose everyone was in the same situation. And if anything, I'm hungrier now to get back on, on track with it. Yeah, do you think the timing's right? Like now um, people are maybe saying, is it a bit too early to come back? Or do you think that the, the, the time is right now to resume training and, and play matches soon? Yeah, I suppose like it's it's a tough one, really. Like it's you're you're never really going to know, you know, in that sense that um, there's always that kind of thought at the back of your mind in terms of the virus and whatnot. But um, I suppose you know the whole country in terms of businesses and stuff are back on track. So um, why not? In the sense that numbers are down now and everything, and you know, as a country, we seem to be doing okay. Um, you know, you're always going to think of the worry of of a second wave and whatnot but look you can't live in fear either and like you have to think of the survival rate of the virus as well and you know like it's what 99.9 percent .9 nearly survival rate so yeah you know it, maybe it's not as bad as we were making it out to be as well in that sense but obviously we have to be cautious as well and and, and things like that it's it's different all right you know with all the the guidelines and protocols and everything but um, i think it's the right time to be honest and like there's only one way to, to to give it a shot and see how we get on and like if worse comes to worse we can just stop again in that sense so yeah I think it's the right thing now and I'm looking forward to championship um, I know we have to wait a while for Intercounty but mm. I know it's, it's great to know that we have a game and that we we're training for, for matches and for championship and not just training for the sake of it going through the motions so it is great yeah and look time will tell I suppose in that sense hopefully fingers crossed yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was almost like nearly starting a, a new year again that you had the, the three or four months um, off and now everyone's on a level playing field again. Yeah, it was strange, all right. Like, I think even just talking to some of the girls and, you know, all the Zoom calls we'd be doing and it's kind of like, Jesus, will we ever be back in the pitch? And, you know, I, I remember in March, our last game was actually up in Donegal against Donegal, the league game. And, like, we trained that the, the, the following few days after. And, like, sure, we didn't think we'd see, see each other for months again. Yeah. We were kind of laughing and joking in the changing room. And, you know, if someone coughed or sneezed, it was like, kind of, oh, geez, like, yeah. you stay away yeah. now. 
nobody realised the extent of what was going to happen in the coming weeks. So, um, yeah, no, it has been strange, but I suppose it's just about weaning yourself back into it now because you know you have the fear of going flat out and people, I suppose, especially for inter-county girls are, are trying to impress and trying to make that start in 15 and you'll always have that worry of like going flat out and you don't want that too. So it's just about weaning yourself back into it now and um, I think once we play our first game, it'll, I think it'll just get back to normality then in that sense. So, yeah. Yeah, do you think maybe the ladies' game could have um, maybe looked at the summer months for the Intercounty Championship and, and put it on during there just to maybe expose it a bit more now that the, the men's championship isn't going to be on until October? Yeah, I suppose, like, I know it's been it's kind of been here and are there when we, we don't really know what was happening the last few weeks. Um, obviously, our clubs, like, come first, as they should, and we're playing that, but... Um, I think it was just the uncertainty and stuff and I suppose we, you know, being a, a smaller organisation than the GA, like we probably were going by what the GA were were putting out as well. Yes. So, um, I mean, we're, we're, we're used to, to a certain extent that we don't get as much coverage as the men um, in that sense, but it is getting better as well. Uh, it really is and we've seen that over the years as well. Um, and I think even this year more so than any year, people will be extra supportive as well. Yeah. Um, I know with numbers and stuff now, it's hard to to know how many, like, I think we, we yeah, 50,000 last year in an All-Ireland final, so we probably won't see that in for men's or women's with the whole yeah, yeah. protocols and whatnot with COVID, but um, the momentum has got better in the last few years. So, um, I mean, you're always going to have that, that inequality, unfortunately. Uh, but it is it, the, the the gap is narrowing slowly but surely, slowly but surely. But look, Rome wasn't built in a day, like so. We have to beggars can't be choosers in that sense. You just have to take the positives from it and you know keep promoting the game and um, keep supporting women in sport. I suppose and everything like that as well. Yeah, how big is the, the support being from the likes of Little and even TG Carr putting games on most weekends uh, that it keeps growing the game and as you said there, the attendances are nearly going up every single year at the, the All-Ireland. Oh, the sport has been fantastic. Yeah, like I mean, I remember coming on the panel back in 2010. So I was I was actually 17. I was in fifth year in school and like God, there's been a massive difference from even this year to 2010, even within 10 years the game has grown so much and like to be fair to little and the 2020 campaign and kind of that coverage for women in sport um and the government funding and the wgpa as well like they're doing some great work and at grassroots level and you know it just goes to show in terms of the attendance alone that it has grown i think in 2010 we played or 2011 sorry we played Kerry in co park and there was about 18,000 19,000 so like for that figure to almost triple um says a lot within this, like less than 10 years so you're talking about eight nine years and for the attendance to go up so that alone I think has really uh, is a credit to what the Ladies Gaelic Football Association are doing little the sponsorship and like I suppose it does kind of come down to the funding as well at the end of the day yeah. but it does go a long way in the sense of resources and um, things like that because I know I think it's it's only our third year with Cork getting hot food after training like to think that we won six All-Irelands in a row without yeah. getting fed properly like in one sense it goes to show that it's not really about all that extra you know bonuses and 
the money cited and the perks, but at the same time, like food is food, you know, it's the necessities and it's the basics should be for men and women, like equal for men and women. But look, I, I mean, I won't complain. We've six All-Irelands in a row and it, it was fantastic few years. Like, and I know the, the last few years now hasn't been the same, but um, it is getting better for women in sport and for ladies football, especially um, in Ireland. Like it is, it is great to see. And I, I honestly think myself that it's, I think it's the women, more women need to support more women in that sense that I feel Sometimes when you actually look up at the crowd in a, in our league games and our championship games, you can actually see more of like a male presence mm, more yeah. so than a female presence. Um, like I'd often hear even like some of my friends or even my uncles or you know my dad or my dad's friends like, talking about ladies football more so than the kind of female side to it. And even friends that I play with and that play football and that are interested in sports still don't seem to go and support the women. So I think mm, yeah. if we can kind of focus on that side as well, that hopefully we things can get even better um, for women as well. But no, like Little and the 2020 campaign has been massive. Um, and like everyone knows it's after creating that positive momentum for, for girls. Um, and we are seeing that kind of increase in participation and stuff. Well, we have the dropout rate as well, but look, we have to focus on the positives in that sense as well. Yeah, has that helped even raise the, the skill levels in the game and even have the trainings over the years now got even more intense and times you're training out, even outside of trainings that you're doing a bit yourselves as well? Yeah, I mean, I think like naturally, I suppose the last few years, um, I, you know, every team is kind of wanting to get the best out of themselves. So it probably wasn't as professional when I first came on the panel like we didn't have any gym sessions um, you know I suppose nutrition wasn't like a massive thing it was kind of like look we, we didn't really know what we should be eating and things like that whereas now I suppose with technology with like social media with um, more government funding and things like that that we have access to those I suppose kind of semi-professional if not professional resources and facilities so I think it has, we have upped the standard um, and like that is going to trickle down to grassroots level and that is going to trickle down to club, club level um, because that competitive edge is going to come in. So I think like it does kind of come from the top down, but in order for the sustainability, it kind of has to come from the club up, if you get me like that. You kind of have to go back sometimes to go forward and like the fear is that it would get too professional too, yeah. um, particularly when I suppose... We, we kind of cherish that amateur nature of GA and ladies football and camogie that you don't want it to be too competitive and too professional because that can actually be a barrier in itself. Girls uh, in sport, that that can be very overwhelming for girls as well and that that competitiveness can often be a barrier um, and a, a main reason why girls drop out and boys but more so for girls so I suppose you kind of have to have the balance really I think yeah like I suppose what you all want the competitive edge in that but you want you want to make it enjoyable at the same time you don't want to be too stringent on trainings and all that as well ah uh, yeah I mean like look like at the end of the day like you do it is all about how you feel as well and like even at senior level like the best training sessions that I remember are the ones that we actually came off the pitch smiling and had a bit of a laugh like it would have been a tough 
session. Don't get me wrong, yeah, but yeah. we would have had a we would have had a bit of crack as well. And it's those are the kind of sessions that you value more, um, and the kind of fun and the friendships that you make as well with the team. I like I do think underage, like maybe kind of up to the age of twelve to fourteen. Like I do think that the priority should should be on fun. Personally, my own opinion and kind of developing that like strong social support kind of structures for for kids but like obviously you're going to have that competitive edge and that competitive edge is important too but I think some people just think that fun is like Asher why would we be playing fun why would we be doing fun when we need to be winning games but you can actually merge the two yeah. um, and I think that's actually more effective when you can have fun while being competitive um, I think for my own experience like I'm speaking on behalf of myself here that like we won six All-Ireland medals in a row we were successful for those six years yet I actually enjoyed training and I we had a laugh at training on and off the pitch so it does kind of go to show that you can have both and be successful like having fun but also winning All-Irelands as well. Yeah, on the, uh, playing for Cork, obviously you came in in 2010. Uh, what was it like uh, coming to the actual panel? Because obviously Cork were a successful team before you even um, joined the panel as well. Oh yeah, I mean, just it was I. I'll never forget my first training session. Um, I was in fifth year in school, so I was quite nervous, and I was actually playing with the minors at the time as well. So I got called up to the senior panel, um, and I'll never. I think I, I was actually paired up with Valerie Mulcahy for this drill, first drill, and it was flat out straight into it, like, and I was like, oh my God, I, you know, with the nerves and whatnot, but so look, it was a great opportunity, like I got to play with my my role models, essentially, the girls that I, I grew up looking up to, Breach Cork, Irina Buckley, you know, Juliet Murphy, Valerie Mulcahy, all those girls that I actually, looking up to, and then to actually train with them as well, but it did take time to kind of adjust, and, I guess was obviously I was still playing minor at the time. Um, you know, I had that opportunity, I suppose, of playing with Cork under 14 all the way up underage as well. So that did kind of help in the sense that I actually knew what it meant to represent Cork and, you know, that kind of high standards was always at the back of my mind. Um, but like, I mean, it was hard. It wasn't easy to just walk in being a young one at the time going into the team. And now... The, the wheel has turned. I'm one of the oldies now on the team at the moment. So, um, no, it was it, like it, those are mem- memories I'll cherish. And like, luckily at the time, I I was coming into like such a, a successful team, and I suppose I just adopted that mentality, and I just bought into the system of of the Cork Ladies team at that time. And you know, I valued it, and I respected, um, you know what what the girls were all about, and. Um, that kind of pushed pushed me on as well in terms of my own motivation, not only in sports but like off the pitch as well with my career. So, um, yeah, it was exciting. It was really exciting, but nerve wracking at the time. But you look, the nerves are are good too, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, is there an element of pressure back then? Anyways, playing for Cork, that probably if you didn't win an All Ireland, you'd be um, disappointed at the end of the year. Oh yeah, I mean even a training session like if if we knew we didn't perform as a team at a training session, you'd feel that air of disappointment. It was almost like you come to training and you park whatever's on your mind and you give it 100% at training, like almost train as if what you're going to play in a match. Um, I think everyone kind of just respected that mentality. So it was always going to be kind of, you know, 
we, we just had that expectation, I suppose, and that high standard. Not in a complacent way, but I suppose as a team, we just set that standard for ourselves. And I suppose credit to Eamon Ryan, our coach, and our management as well. Um, you know, Eamon is so, such a fantastic coach, and I'm honoured to have, you know, been for him to be my coach over the years. And I suppose it does have a positive influence as well. Um, having a, a leader like, like Eamon um, obviously is going to affect the team dynamic as well. And, you know, we had the utmost respect for Eamon and whatever way he had, he just had this lovely way with people. And trainings were so simplistic, but you it was the intensity. Like we could be doing such a simple drill, yeah. but it was the intensity and the concentration and the focus. And that's what was drilled into us from day one. So we, we brought that into the matches with us then and kind of almost had that expectation of ourselves um, as well. So, yeah. Yeah, it was the 2014 final against um, Dublin. Was that your, your favourite one probably that you were you're down by 10? I was watching even on the, the Sunday game was it a month or so ago. Um, and then you, man- you were 10 points down whatever in the second half and you managed to, to pull it back. Was that just experience and you've been there before and, and you just know that you can pull, pull the, the comeback off? I think that game now, it just like, oh, it's, it was, I don't know how we did it, to be quite honest, but yeah, I do. I think it came down to just that sheer determination. And I think it was, it was that kind of bond that we had um, coming back to just kind of like, you don't give up until the final whistle. And, you know, I know that could be a cliche, but like, it was really, we practiced what we preached there, there and then in that, in that game, we were 10, I think 10 points down with about 15 minutes to go, but like we never, we, we, we were going to win that game. Like, and that was the mentality. And I don't even think like that came from management. It was more, we knew, we, we, we knew each other so well and we were so familiar and so determined as a team that, you know, the strength and unity, like that's, that is what it is. And I think on that, on that day, that particular day, like that, just that unity just outweighed Dublin and, um, we got over the line like now it can come down to luck too I know we got two quick goals as well which obviously when you get two quick goals it's yeah. going to give a team a lot of momentum um, but like I don't think like I actually I remember being on the pitch and I remember looking up at the scoreboard but there was never that worry like there was never that oh like give up it was like no like we're, we're going to win this game um, that's just sheer determination and I think that got us over the line in the end um, because we did it for each other you know, not for management, not yeah. for anyone else. We did it for each other because we wanted that. Um, but that that came down to the bond. That came down down to our, our rapport. Because if we didn't know each other and know each other's play, then I don't think we would have had worked as hard for each other on that day as well. So you know, obviously that's that's that was a remarkable day, and it's certainly a memory that's that's always going to be the back of my mind. Um, and it's always nice to beat the dogs as well yeah. <laughs> in Cork Park. So, and yeah, I know that that definitely meant a lot that game. And I suppose it, it did. I think we got team of the year as well that year. Um, you know, so it, it was kind of a match of of it was the talk of Ireland really at the time because I don't think anybody thought we were going to come back and beat them. But look, I mean, it just goes to show that it really isn't over until the final whistle. Yeah, it might have even been easy just to say it's not our day that we've won so many probably before that, you know, we'll just move on and go on to next year, which they probably set you aside from other teams like that, whatever, 10, 11 years 
winning so many All Irelands that he just kept going and he wants to win that. Um, he wants to win every year. Yeah, and I mean, like, uh, yeah, we we won, you know, five six years in a row, but like we didn't win by a whole pile either. Like it wasn't as if yeah. they were hammering. It was always down to kind of that one two point, maybe three point margin. Usually two point margin. So like we didn't take any any minutes in any game for granted. Uh, and we knew what, what it took. I suppose the experience did come into play for that 2014 final as well, because obviously we had been there um, and we we knew that it was it was going to be a close game. And previous to that, the years before that too, it was always a, such a small margin. So um, we always had that at the back of our mind as well. But like, it's not it's not easy to just go out and, and win in All Ireland by like you know three or four even five yeah. points. So we always knew it was going to be close, but. Definitely, it was a mixture of experience, but also kind of that rapport we had and just the, the determination just to do it for each other. I think that's what got us over the line in the end. Yeah, I suppose it has been hard even seeing now Dublin take it up now nearly from, from ye that they've won, I think, four in a row um, in, in the last four years. Ah, yeah, look, I suppose, as, as I said previously, like, the wheel does turn, like, and you just really kind of have to embrace know when you're winning and not take those kind of moments and matches for granted um you know with Dublin I suppose we always had great rivalries and great games over the years and it was always close it was never like a massive gap between us so they were always kind of just behind us um and I suppose naturally enough like as as teams move on and we get new players in and it's kind of you know a new team dynamic like that's just the the beauty of sport that you know you're not going to be at the top all of the time and sometimes you need to hit the bottom to get back up again but look for you know credit to Dublin like they they have been fantastic the last few years and like they're the team to beat now and they've set that standard um as much as we we'd like to be up there as well but look we're not too far behind like and and you know as I said there's a few of us on the current panel now that have been there since 2010, even 2008. A few of the girls have been there since. So we so we know what, what it means to play in All-Ireland and we, we're, we're kind of trying to bring that into the, the new young girls as well coming up. So um, it's just the team dynamic, I suppose, that it changes. And, you know, unfortunately, you can't keep on to that dream team for, uh, for years upon years. So um, credit to Dublin. But look, I mean, it's, it's open to anyone really that... There's not there's not much in the game in ladies football. Um, I suppose you're you're looking at Cork, Dublin, Galway, Mayo, maybe Donegal. Like a few teams would be would be up there. Would be very close. Um, and on the day as well. And I think it'll be an interesting championship this year, um, particularly as you know we have we're all in the same boat. Um, and we're all starting almost, as you said earlier, from scratch. So I think it'll be more of a mindset thing this year. Um, and I, I don't think any team are going to be that far ahead of another team. So it's going to be a close championship and um, maybe not as high standard as last year, just due to the training restrictions and whatnot. But, you know, we're ready for the dogs. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Like, to finish up, I suppose, probably your aim is, is to, to win the All-Ireland this year um, um, and, and on top of Dublin's uh, dominance. Ah, yeah. I mean, look, that's always the goal. You know, that, that's why we're playing. We want to be the best we want to be. And um, I suppose we, we do have that itch now more so than ever to kind of get back winning All-Irelands again. Um, 
you don't really know what you've got until it's taken from you. And I suppose you don't really appreciate those All-Irelands. I mean, you do appreciate them, but it's when you're kind of starved of, of being an All-Ireland final last few years and, and winning that you do get that itch back and maybe no harm. So I think that's our goal now. Like, look, we'll resettle now and we'll, we'll wean ourselves back in. Um, and like that is the end goal. And look, we, we have a few extra weeks now to kind of uh, train hard and kind of work together to build ourselves back up. And um, the draws are actually made today uh, for the ladies' football. So actually, I think they they're made. It's work. It's it's on now, right now, live. So it'll be interesting to see who we have um, in the in the first round. And uh, hopefully, we'll. That's our goal to get to the All Ireland and um, celebrate and look. It, it is what it is, and we'll we'll just we'll put our mind to it now, and we'll we look forward to it. We'll leave it at that, Orla. Thanks very much, and uh, best of, best of luck for the year ahead. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks for having me on. <laughs>